Welcome to the Gospel According to with Brian and Mike, a conversation designed to explore what makes the gospel good news in various books and topics of the Bible. All righty. We are back in Revelation chapters 21 through 22. Uh, last episode, I had a chance to sort of walk through it um, my way or, or sort of given my own um, look at it and, and just share some, some thoughts and reflections on some of the passages and, and some of the language that particularly resonates with me and inspires me and fills me with, with hope and, and just longing for the age to come. Uh, today, it's your turn. So you okay. get to to do that. Um, we've seen. I mean, we are at the we are at the end of the end, right? We've we've seen um, the gospel this continue the, to unfold. Or is this the beginning of a new beginning? It is. That's yeah. that's it too, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, old things have passed; new things have come, right? So so we've you know from from the ascension of Christ, his victory on the cross, to his ascension, and the the continuing unfolding of the gospel, the the, the coming kingdom of God through this present evil age with all this this war that we're caught up in, the judgments of God and the work of God. But now, again, the beast has been defeated. The dragon has been defeated once for all. Death and Hades defeated once for all. And now, new creation, new heavens, new earth. Um, he makes all things new. And so um, I'll just let you roll. Your turn. Yeah. So whenever you look at Revelation 21 and 22... These are chapters that are just filled with the entire Bible story coming to a climax. So us trying to do just two conversations, you know, of course, we're just starting at the surface. But even on the surface, I hope we can see these are passages that are meant to give us hope in the work of God and the faithfulness of God. So what I'd like to do, Mike, is I would like to take us through three different images in Revelation 21 and 22 and try to ask what are these images showing us about the new heavens, new earth. The first one I like to talk about is water. So the water plays a really important role in Revelation 21 and 22. So I want you to do this for me. I want you to read for me Revelation 21 verse 1. Okay. Revelation 21 verse 6. And Revelation 22 verse 1. Okay. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer sea. Verse 6. Then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I'll give to the one who thirsts from the spring of the water of life without cost. And 22.1. Then he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God, and of the lamb in the middle of this of its street. So here you see water plays a really important role in Revelation 21 and 22. Mm. Whenever you look at Revelation 21 verse 1, in the new heaven new earth, the sea had passed away. Mm-hmm. Now you have to look contextually in Revelation to see why that is. Yeah. But if you look at a passage like in Revelation 18 verse 19, this is one of the great cries for the great city that has fallen. Alas, alas, for the great city where all who had ships at sea grew by her wealth. The sea is seen as a place of chaos. Mm -hmm. Back in Revelation 13, the beast stands at the side of the sea, and from the sea brings forth the other beast, uh, the sea monster. The sea is always seen as the place of chaos. Yeah, creation itself. 
Yeah. 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 I mean, whenever you think even of great works of literature about the sea, whether it be Moby Dick or others, the, the sea is always seen as the place of chaos. What this is showing is the chaos and the disharmony, the disunity, and the downright sinfulness of the present evil age is no more. No longer is the sea there. Mm-hmm. But then when you get at verse 6, there's the promise to the thirsty I will give springs from the water of life. Mm-hmm. That asks the question, if the sea is no more, where is this water coming from? Mm. Yeah, Where is it coming from? God himself. Yeah. Verse 1 of 22. And then the angel showed me the river of the water of life. Brightest crystal flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb. Mm-hmm. I think what Revelation 21 22 are doing are drawing from Ezekiel 47. Yes. So, you know, I've said before, I do think Ezekiel 40 through 48 is finding its fulfillment here in Revelation 21 and 22 with the temple. Mm-hmm. And in Ezekiel 47, you have the temple of God, and from it there comes a little bit of a stream. That stream then becomes larger which becomes deeper, which then goes into the Dead Sea and even turns the salt water fresh. Mm -hmm. And this water coming from the presence of God is going to bring about life, i.e. fruitfulness Mm -hmm. and growth. That passage is alluded to in John 7, verses 37 through 39. Whenever Jesus, during the feast where water would have been thrown forth down the street from the temple, (laughs) says, come unto me. The living water that he talks about, that he promises, is the Spirit. Yeah. I think whenever you look at Revelation 22, verse 1, that's an extremely Trinitarian text. Mm. The angel showed me the river of the water of life. That is the Spirit of God. Brightest crystal flowing from the throne of God the Father and of the Lamb the Son. Mm-hmm. Father, Son, and Spirit all together in this new heaven, new earth. Mm-hmm. This, I think, is the promise with water. Currently, we live in an age that is marked by the sea. Mm-hmm. We live in an age that is chaotic and is filled with turmoil and strife and problems and chaos. But there's coming a time when the sea will be no more. And everyone will receive living water from God himself throughout eternity. Mm-hmm. This water will go forth and give eternal life. This water will go forth and give fruitfulness. This water will go forth and bring about the new garden where we will dwell. That is... So, Ryan, I'm sure you heard me just sneeze. I'm going to ask you to cut that out. That was at uh, 6.45. Let me make myself a note of that. Okay, I'll make him a note of that. He can cut that out pretty easily. And then we're going to come back on with a clap. So let me do a clap on my end. Or actually, both. Ready, Mike? So just in summary, that water, I think, is just such a promise of life that God is giving to his people. Mike, thoughts that you have about the water significance in Revelation 21 and 22? Oh, man. Uh, just that it's so good. I, I love the, especially how Ezekiel's being brought forth here and and 
you know, you already touched on it. So I'm just, I'm just saying all this more as an amen than an addition to anything, but like, you, you know, that, that little trickle that grows into this incredible clear river that can transform even the Dead Sea, you know, into this life. Uh, um, man, yeah. Just like I said, n- nothing really I want to add. Just amen. It's, it's helpful. It's it so is. Good. Mm-hmm. The second image that you then see is the city. Read for me Revelation 21, verses 9 through 11, please. Okay. 9 through 11, okay. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came and spoke with me, saying, Come here and I'll show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her brilliance was like a very costly stone, as a stone of crystal clear jasper. It had a great and high wall with twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels, and names written on them, which are of the twelve tribes of the sons of Israel. I, I kept reading. Oh, that's fine. I could listen to the whole thing. It's beautiful. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is the angel calls John and tells him, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. Now, we've already seen this vision in chapter 19, where the bride was going to be married to Christ. But then what's interesting is, he carried me in the Spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. Whenever he shows him the bride, he shows him not a person, but a city. Why is that? What do you think, Mike? I mean, you think about at least the resonance throughout the scriptures of Jerusalem and Zion and this place of glory and God's presence and beauty. And even in, in um, you know, Roman times, you know, you'd, you'd hear cities referred to in sort of the feminine as, as the lady and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, I, I see that at least carrying that that language forward. Absolutely. And I think if you listen to this in harmony with Isaiah 65, just mm-hmm. listen to Isaiah 65, 17. For behold, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her mm-hmm. people to be gladness. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No more will they be heard in the sound of weeping and the cry of distress. Now, you already told us last time that this is echoed in Revelation 21 very strongly. Mm -hmm. But I think if you know what's going on here, the new heavens, new earth is Jerusalem, which is the people of God. Now, as we've said before, don't over-literalize this. This has to be read symbolically, apocalyptically. Mm -hmm. You know, what I think Isaiah is doing, and this is what John is drawing from, is showing the people of God as the bride are the city, which is the new heavens, Mm -hmm. new earth. All of that is to say, new heavens, new earth is not so much about location as it is about relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, this phrase, new heavens, new earth, I find so, so comforting, Mm -hmm. because what it's showing is that in eternity, God will be all and in all. First mm-hmm. Corinthians yeah. 15. You know, God will be absolutely 
in everything and through everything because everything will be in relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that, I think, is just such a comforting, amazing view of what this is going to be. I mean, if I, if I could just use one, one movie reference here. You know, in Black Panther, which is my fa- one of my favorite Marvel movies, um, Vibranium. Is in everything. Wakanda forever. Yeah, Wakanda forever, right? Um, vibranium's in everything. Mm. Like, vibranium is really the life source of Wakanda. Literally, it's in the people. It's in everything mm-hmm. they build. It's in everything. And Wakanda is distinguished by vibranium. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the new heavens, new earth. Mm. In the new heavens, new earth, God will be all and in all. Each of us will be in God and he will be in us. It yeah. will be an eternal covenant where God will be all in all. And everything that is there and everyone that is there will be bound together by God. So, so, so that's the, the new city, Jerusalem. But then I find this detail very important. I didn't notice this till like two years ago, but this is so important. In chapter 21, verse 10, he showed me the great holy city, Jerusalem, coming up or coming down? Coming down. Coming down. Much as Jesus Christ was revealed from heaven to earth, mm-hmm. this is the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down from heaven to earth. Mm-hmm. We saw at Babel, we cannot reach God. We yeah. cannot exalt ourselves to God. Mm-hmm. It is only through the grace of God that he comes to us. Yeah, amen. And, and that, I think, is just such a powerful way to view the whole Christian mission. You know, it's, it, let me just give one very quick example with this. In James 3.17, a verse I had some of my camp kids memorized a few years ago, the the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open, and reason, full of mercy, and good fruits, impartial, and sincere. Do you notice what the text says? The wisdom from above. Here's what that means. Whenever we live out lives that are pure and peaceable, gentle, etc., we are taking heaven to earth. Mm-hmm, exactly. Whenever we live out the way of Jesus, empowered by the Spirit to the glory of God, we are bringing heaven to earth even now. Absolutely. And that you is, see- I think, what it means to be priest. Yes. I haven't used this term yet, so let me talk about it. A priest is one who stands between God and the rest of creation. That's what a priest is, one who stands between God and the rest of creation. In the water imagery that we looked at a few minutes ago, you know, water was to be the life source that the priests are living by and flourishing by. But here as we talk about the city, we as priests in the present evil age take the glories of heaven, minister them out to a creation at need, Take creation back to its creator. We are priests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then in the final, in eternal life, we'll be eternal priests with God. Mm-hmm. He will be all in all. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is really the, 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 the mission that Revelation 21 is urging us to consider. Yeah. Thoughts, Mike, about the city Jerusalem coming down before I move on to my third? Oh, just, just you know... You, you talked about that coming down, how that's, I mean, that, that really is, I, I find, um, uh, at, at the very center of what the plot of the Bible is all about. You, you see it in the Sermon on the Mount, right? As, as, as our Lord taught us to pray, hallowed be your name, your Amen. kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in yes. heaven, right? We realize, I mean, the whole of the Bible story is recognizing that God's name is not been hallowed on earth as in heaven. His kingdom, his reign has not been recognized and realized on earth as in heaven. His his will has not been obeyed on earth as in heaven. And yet when we take that on as his royal priesthood, 
right? Reigning with him and serving as his priests on earth as in heaven. That's exactly what um, it's all about. It is. And I mean, just quite simply, the Christian life is not just, yes, this is part, it's not just though, going to heaven. It's about bringing heaven to earth. Even now, we are to be the priests to bring the glories of heaven to earth, much as Jesus Christ did. Jesus was the high priest. Jesus was the temple. We are his priest. We are his temple. And that is the Christian mission, to bring the glories of heaven down to this earth, even now, especially now. Okay. Third image I'd like to look at is temple. As you continue through the rest of Revelation 21, this is not written to tell us how beautiful heaven must be. Mm. This is written to tell us how glorious is your God. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at the stones and the emeralds and everything in verses 19 down through 21, many of those are taken from the the breastpiece of the high priest in the Old Testament, where the the high priest was to be the one who stood especially with God. And I think all of these Old Testament overtones are simply showing us the closeness between God and his people. Mm. But then, Mike, as you, end, as you finish Revelation 21, read for me Revelation 21, verse 21 through the rest. Okay. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Each one of the gates was a single pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God the Almighty and the Lamb are its temple, and the city has no need of sun or of the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God has illumined it and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. In the daytime, for there will be no night there, its gates will never be closed, and they will bring the glory and the honor and the nations into it, and nothing unclean, and no one who practices abomination and lying shall ever come into it, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Again, such a beautiful image. As you finish, though, it's interesting. I saw no temple. Mm. Why? Yeah. God is its temple. Amen. You work through Ezekiel 40 through 48, detail after detail after detail after detail after detail of this new temple. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ is the temple. Mm-hmm. We, by the Spirit, are the temple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now, Lord God the Almighty and the Lamb, Yahweh, Elohim, Adonai, the Almighty, the Lamb, are the temple. Mm-hmm. The Spirit, then, is connecting us to the temple, much as now. The living water flowing from the temple, from heaven to earth, mm-hmm. earth to heaven. The Spirit connecting us. I've said the other times, the Spirit is the bridge between heaven and earth, and even in eternity, the Spirit is bridging and connecting God and the Son to his people. Yeah. But there's no need of the temple. Mm-hmm. Why? God is its temple. This year at camp, our theme is the tabernacle. And I've spent a good deal of time over the last couple of years just reading all about the tabernacle and Exodus and Ezekiel and other places in the Old Testament. And it, it always amazes me, Mike, for all of the details that are lost on me at times. Yeah. I know God is delighting in those. Mm-hmm. Because those details speak to God's presence with his people. And I think when we look at the temple, we realize what is new heavens, new earth all about? God will be all in all. Yeah, amen. And I think when I consider what is currently being brought about, 
and what will be consummated at the second advent, we are priests, meaning God will be all in all. Thanks for listening to the Gospel According to podcast. If you have any questions about church today, please send us a voice message. We would really love to hear from you. Don't miss an episode by subscribing wherever you get your podcast and follow us on social media. Until next time, and for all time, your God reigns. Thank you.